Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hello, hello, welcome back to the show. It's Morgan, and once again, if you haven't yet hit subscribe, we're doing Q&A because I really... I enjoy it, okay? I like it a lot. I like doing this more so than talking about the negative news that's going on all the time. We like to be solutions-oriented. So thank you for tuning in. Let's get on into it. But of course, before we answer question number one, have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft to the store, but then you go to use it and it's not very absorbent? Basically a towel leaving you out to dry. That's why MyPillow developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's crazy. Towels that dry you. I honestly really don't like when that happens, so that's why I like reading this ad. Their six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors. And right now you can receive a six-piece towel set for only $49.99 with promo code MORGAN. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MORGAN for this deal on the towels. It's promo code MORGAN at MyPillow.com. Thank you so much. Okay, so this is a simple question for question number one. We have, how did your childhood shape your political identity? Now, for me, I've thought about this before in terms of what childhood experiences I've had that really led me to be a conservative young female, right? Because that's kind of rare. It doesn't really fit the stereotype. And my experiences in college and post-graduation have uh, included a lot of people saying that, you know, you only have your conservative political views, both economically and culturally, because of the men in your life. They forced these ideas down your throat and you can't think for yourself. You know, that's the classic thing that's said against conservative women. Or, you know, I've been told that my ideas are actually internally misogynistic. Now, I didn't I didn't even understand that. I didn't even know what misogynistic meant when I was being called misogynistic. But I looked it up and it turns out it means that you hate or hurt women with the things that you do. So I'm being called misogynistic, so that was interesting. But then they went a little bit further and said, no, no, because you're a woman, it is possible for you to also hate and hurt women as a woman because you're internally misogynistic. So it's the things that you as a woman are supporting and allowing to happen that are hurting women in the general scheme of things. So you basically hate women, Morgan. Um, So, you know, I've been through that quite a lot. But I traced it back throughout my younger years, my childhood, to try and come up with some some examples of how I got here. I would say, number one, I just love history. And my parents really did do a great job when I was growing up of piquing my interest in that subject. I mean, we toured so many cool historical sites. We have seen so many battlefields across the country. And most importantly, my dad is a colonel who served in 9-11, um, the cleanup of 9-11, and was in Operation Iraqi Freedom. So he provided so much more context for me in a lot of the situations relating more to current events. And all of these different situations and the fact that I've had other men in my family that have served, they got me interested especially either in the American Revolution or in the history of the 20th century. So I've just been interested in that stuff for a while. I remember growing up, we would record on a DVR. Is that what it was called? We would always record those History Channel documentaries on World War II and, and all the cool stuff that's been happening and you know the good and the bad throughout the 20th century. 
I've just always loved it. And I think when you have a great appreciation for history and for how much people have suffered before in the periods before you were ever in existence, you can have a lot more appreciation for what you do have now and the struggles that you don't have to face because other people sacrificed and served in those capacities before you were ever even on the planet. So when I was in high school, because of my dad's service, because of his involvement, because of my love of history, I ended up joining the VFW, the Veterans of Foreign Wars, ladies auxiliary in my town, and I became an officer. And I spent all my free time and a a ton of time on the weekends and after school at the post, at the meetings, at the fundraisers for veterans and their families, just really active and involved in that way. And so if you have young people in your family and you want to try and encourage them to grow a love for history and an appreciation for service and for involvement in community and serving others, especially who have given so much like our veterans and their families, I do encourage you to either bring them to the VFW or to the American Legion. Now, the American Legion is for anybody, I believe, in the military, but the VFW is if you have served in you know, a foreign war, VFW. It's kind of obvious there. So I'm allowed to be in the VFW ladies auxiliary because my dad served. But if you don't have a connection in that way and you don't qualify, you can either just go to events for the VFW and support them in any capacity, or you can be a little bit more involved with the American Legion and try and join in there. I'm not exactly sure on the specifics because I this was a while ago when I first joined, but uh, I hope that gives you a good start. And I've got to say, not only is it going to be good for your family and your children to be involved in the community in this way, but it will also make the day of any veteran that is in there. I mean, these guys served. At, I I was close with a widow of a man who served in the Pacific arena of World War II in my own town. And I I was in high school and I'm getting to talk to this woman whose husband served there. I mean, come on, really? Like think of the connection there. So not only World War II, Vietnam, Korea, and all of the war since, The men there have so much to share. The women there have so much to share. And I think it's a really great thing for people of all ages in our country to become closer to. Uh, So that was a really big formative thing for me because when I was in there, I was also planning out my future and I wanted to, I decided I wanted to go to college for veterans advocacy. So that's how I ended up at American University in D.C. I got a major in communications, law, economics, and government called Clegg. Uh, And again, it's like right on the edge of Washington, D.C. So I got to see, again, all the monuments, all the cool history stuff. It really brought it full circle for me. And that's how I got my education. And I thought I was going to get a job in that arena. And I ended up doing similar stuff, but it really did set me on a good, strong path. However, there's also some other things related to it that I think played into my more political beliefs. The other aspect of what my parents brought to me was the fact that my dad was an auditor for the military, okay? And what does that mean? I mean, you're looking at the way the government spends money in the military. So without me saying too much, I mean, if you are hearing somebody who is personally experiencing uh, how government spending goes and how they create budgets and how they go over budgets and how there's there's human nature and corruption and all this bad behavior and all this stuff. There's so many problems having to do with government involvement and the spending of taxpayer dollars and misappropriation, all these different things. It really formed, in my mind, solid beliefs in economics and finances when it comes to specifically the government. Okay, so that's kind of how I became more of a conservative economically. And then 
really in my late 20s is when I realized like, you know, you can't you can't just be a low tax Republican girl if you care about the future of the country. If you love history and you believe in freedom and you love all these things, you have to do so much more than just supporting the Republican Party every election. Freedom is truly a lifestyle. And that means your own behavior. It means your family's behavior, your community's behavior and building out those strong individuals, families and communities is what's really going to have a positive impact. And it's all cultural. I see so much of this as being cultural. I've said this a million times on the episodes, but a lot of people say, you know, politics is downstream from culture, so we've got to fix it. I take it a step further and I say, you know what? Culture is downstream from how we raise and educate our children. So that's why I've become so passionate on childhood development, education, homeschooling, homemaking, one income family structures, strong nuclear families, all that kind of stuff. I've, I've, I've gotten there over the years because I see how really everything else that we're dealing with in this country is downstream from these main problems in the home. Um, But yeah, that's kind of how I got there. Now, a more lighthearted question. Someone asked, can you make a Spotify playlist? (laughs) Um, If you search my name on Spotify, I actually have a couple of my like personal playlists that I've made public. I think there's one for classic country. So, you know, Willie Whalen, the the good guys. There's one called West that has, you know, more like I would say like Wild West songs. So when I was out in Arizona, I loved to listen to that kind of stuff. Think like Coulter Wall, the usual. Uh, and then I think a two-stepping playlist is public too. So it's good songs to two-step too if you guys like to do that. Classic two-step. Next question. Did you get the vaccine? Someone said I had to get it for work and I wish I never did. Um, No, I don't want to say too much on this because I think, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse. But no, I did not get vaccinated. I had quite a few reasons for why I didn't. But I will say that this is such a good example for why I'm an advocate of self-employment or small business ownership or contract work, really anything having to do with you having more control over your work, over your income, over your day. Because I'm self-employed and I didn't have to have a boss tell me, listen, you're not going to be able to pay your bills. You're going to lose all that you've worked for if you don't comply with this government mandate. Like I am truly all about independence, freedom, and self-reliance, and I want to carry that into my life in every aspect. So to me, self-employment is a very, very important thing. I don't think I would be a very good employee, to be honest, in many ways, because I just like to be on my own in that aspect. But it's a good reminder. Like I I hammer the point home, especially to women, because I know that they want to have more flexibility. We want to be home with our families more, especially as we start to have kids. A lot of young women listen to this show. And so as we get to that stage of life, we can prepare for that because this economy, you know what, it often demands a two-income household. So if we have to pay the bills with our husband, If we have to be in that financial situation, wouldn't we like to at least have more flexibility and time with our family and be able to focus and prioritize our kids, but also earn money and have that flexibility and freedom? That's why I advocate for it. But the vaccine was a really good example of why it can also be very beneficial when it comes to more dangerous situations of authoritarianism in our society. So now I didn't get vaccinated And I definitely, no matter what, taking the vaccine, the COVID stuff out of it, taking the politics out of it, I highly encourage you guys to once again look into ways where you can have more autonomy over your life and more flexibility with your work by remote working or working for yourself. Okay, and we have some more serious questions toward the end. So let's get, let's look at this. This is a lighthearted one. It says, do you ever color your hair? Um, 
So no, the brown hair that I have in all my pictures and stuff, that's just my natural hair. I really don't like playing with hair color. <laughs> uh, kind of long story short, I tried highlighting my hair probably a few years ago at this point. And let's just say I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It doesn't work on me. My hair was all brassy. You know what I mean? Like it just turned like yellowy, orangey. And I just really didn't like it at all. I actually prefer my natural brown. So instant regret. I box dyed it back to brown. That came out like literally weeks after. So then I was left once again with the highlight situation. So then I got it professionally dyed back to my normal brown. And probably over like five to six months, that faded out. So at that point, the highlights are like growing out <laughs> and they're like down on the lower part of my hair. But then they're also coming back because the dye is running out. And so the top of my head is my natural brown. I've got highlights at the end. It looks honestly ridiculous, but I'm just really bad at keeping up with my hair stuff. So then I went to Alex Clark because I was living in Arizona at the time. She gave me a great hair suggestion. Um, and if you guys are curious about that, I can DM you the page on Instagram so you can go there too. It's in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, but they basically dyed it one more time to match my natural brown hair. And then they put like little wispy highlights to frame my face, but it was more of like a cool brown, basically like a light, cool brown framing my face. And now that was last year and that's basically all grown out. And the funny thing is those original highlights that I've tried to cover up so much they're basically the last couple inches of my hair. <laughs> so we're almost we're almost able to just cut them all off. But if I did, my hair would be kind of short and I don't want to deal with that. Um, so it is kind of a long story, but we still have the OG highlights and it's it's kind of a pain. Bottom line is, though, I think for the most part, people's natural hair color naturally fits their face and it looks the best on them. And so I'm a big advocate of that. If you dye your hair, I don't I'm not saying that's bad or anything, but I'm, I'm like, maybe it's a a nature thing, a primal thing that like a God thing, you know, like our color fits our complexion and our shape and, and everything. Who knows? I've, I've thought about that before, but I like my natural color and I'm never doing that to my hair ever again. Okay. We're just letting it grow. <laughs> okay. So like I said, the next questions are uh, a little more serious. This one, let's see. <laughs> Someone said, after you went to Israel, you've been mighty quiet. Who flew you out and why? Um, uh, okay. So I was not indoctrinated over in Israel. I guess I should address that because there are concerns. Um, for those of you who don't know, in September, I went to Israel and it was just a game changer of a trip. If you aren't familiar with my story, I didn't grow up in a really religious household. We didn't go to church or anything, but it was technically Christian. And so I really started going to church when I was in college and learning so much more about Christianity and faith and leaning into that over the last few years. And then I got baptized this year. And so it's been a really wonderful journey for me. And I'm so thankful that I finally had that relationship with God. But it was perfect timing because Turning Point USA had some amazing trip to Israel planned with a bunch of my friends that I've done work with in the past and stuff. And they literally just offered <laughs> offered to bring me along with it. And so it was just amazing timing for me because I was planning on getting baptized. And then they also surprised us with the fact that we could, while we were there, schedule time in the trip to get baptized. So it felt really, again, like a God thing. And I'm just so thankful that I got to go. But we started in Jaffa 
and Tel Aviv. And we then went up kind of uh, to Megiddo. We went through the Valley of Armageddon to Nazareth. Then we went to the Sea of Galilee and Capernaum. Then we went down to the River Jordan. I got baptized. And then we went over to Jerusalem. And we finished in the Dead Sea and then flew home. But it was just amazing. Okay. Now, I've done a few episodes on the trip. If you guys want to search on the show, it just keyword search Jerusalem or Holy Land or something because they're all kind of named along that. But it was just amazing, okay? Now, addressing the question, <laughs> the quietness, I guess, post-Israel trip from September isn't really <laughs> about the trip to Israel or really anything political or anything of, oh my gosh, Morgan was indoctrinated when she was in Israel and now she's being quiet. Who knows, I guess, what you were insinuating. I'm not really sure. But it's just more so about the timing of my life, right? So I got rebaptized when I was there. And that journey and the experience of the Holy Land I mean, they say that it is going to do this, and it absolutely did to me. The experience of it just makes you really see the bigger picture. And it made me even more inspired to make sure that I'm spending each day of my life, each action that I do, each hour that I have when I'm awake in meaningful work, in service to others, or at least in the creation of real, tangible positivity and goodness. I like to call it the cultivation of goodness. Cultivating goodness is my little phrase that I have in my head. But I really don't want to waste my time with things that maybe are self-serving, like funny Instagram memes that don't really get anybody anywhere other than some likes or stuff like that, or even just like spending time on social media with, if it got deleted, it's like, what do you have the next day if it's all deleted? So just kind of helped me continue to reorient myself to make sure that I'm spending my day in a meaningful way. Now, I've said this example before, but an example of that in work and social media and content creation, because I know I've been around on social media for, for years. And so it's like, well, where did Morgan go? I get that. That question might be on some people's mind and I've gotten DMs about it. But a good example and a problem that we have in the conservative movement is spending hours of our time on things that really just add to the divisiveness and add to, how do I say this, non-good things. And I don't want to say evil, but but really a waste of time or just things that create bad juju, bad energy. At Turning Point's event, I was so upset because this person came up and they put their their camera and their big microphone in my face and they were like, Morgan, 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 can we ask you a question? And I was like, yeah, of course. And they were like, who's hotter, liberal or conservative women? And I remember just being like, guys, <laughs> I'm not going to answer the question because one, I'm not going to talk about other people like that regardless. And two, this adds nothing to the important political conversations that we should be having. Like I said, I think all of this stems from the home. This stems from the raising and education of our children, the culture that we create from that, and then the politics that's downstream from all of those things. So talking about conservatives versus liberals in terms of hotness and stuff, it's like, that is so ridiculous. And then whoever makes a video like that, like they're going around for hours with all their camera equipment asking people this rude question and they're going to go home and they're going to edit this for hours and then they're going to upload it and then they're going to watch it and they're going to hope that people engage with it and it's going to engage because people are going to comment on it. And guess what? They're going to say conservative women are hotter. That's the kind of stuff where it's like I just can't be bothered with that kind of content creation, I guess you could say, or in general, that kind of of conversation at all. The other aspect of that of why I've been more quiet is my dad has cancer. You guys, I've talked about that a little bit, but it's been really frustrating. It's happened. We, he's had it since January last year. So I found out in January 2022. And let's just say it's not 
ideal, right? Um, maybe it's not good for me to say this, but it has affected me. And I really don't want to be fake online. You know what I mean? Like behind the scenes, if I'm not happy or if I feel like an, a negative way, I cannot <laughs> just post a happy smiling video or picture of me with like inspiring quotes and stuff like that because it feels like really phony. When I post something, it's literally because I thought of it and I was like, huh, let me type this up and post this. You know what I mean? Like I really just, that's what I'm thinking at the moment. And so if it's negative, it's not that I don't want to show negative stuff online and only show positive things, but it's more so that like, you know, I'm just not feeling it. So why would I? I don't make money from Instagram. So it's not like I need to to pay the bills or anything. It's just if I have something to share, I'll share it. But I just have not felt driven to do that. And that goes with the podcast too. I've taken some breaks on the podcast episodes. And I, if you've noticed, my episodes are kind of short and they were especially short in the fall. But it's like when you get negative news and sometimes it can come whenever, it's like it really, <laughs> I don't know, it really affects me. It brings me down. And so like trying to get a little smile on and do a podcast episode can be a little difficult for me. But yeah, I would just say my mood in general is, has turned more quiet because I'm focused on my home, my personal life, what really matters. And I just truly haven't felt driven to share much lately. And uh, that's okay with me. You know what I mean? Uh, I guess I could add too. It's like, <laughs> on top of this, I'm 26. I worked online a lot over the last few years to get to this point. And people have asked in the Q&A too of like, what's your five-year goal? Stuff like that. I've got to be honest. For the years leading up to this, I always kind of planned for this phase of life where, you know, by the time I'm 25, 26, I want to be able to be self-employed, have multiple income streams where I'm not in a nine to five office. And I want to be able to slowly transition to having a family and having kids and not having to be at an office. I could focus on them. And it took years to get there, but now I'm here and I'm very thankful for that. And for me too, it's like... <laughs> I don't just want to share homesteading family content. I don't want to just share that kind of traditional or cultural content online. Like I want to live it out. So to me, that means, you know, I've got to live it out and not play on the internet and do that kind of stuff. So I have to make that physical transition as well. You know what? And another, a fourth addition to that, I also have been feeling like the internet is not real. I want to live locally. I want to have meaningful connections on a local level instead of being being like open to the massive abyss of the internet and all of the people that are on it it's like what is truly meaningful and to me social media in many ways it's like it's not real <laughs> you know what i mean so i want to live locally and have local connections and now for the last question it's a little bit longer cuz there's a bunch of questions that i get around this topic and i figured i could break it down into a few different sections basically i get a lot of people reaching out about sort of like a, a community that we could maybe build or like, what are we trying to do here? Two examples that I saw right off the bat, one was, would you ever put on a retreat, a homesteading retreat for faithful women, mamas, mamas-to-be, uh, women that are day, like literally <laughs> all of the categories that we fit in, in this podcast demographic, in the girls that follow me, you guys know what I mean. It's like all of us, would I put on like a thing? And then someone else said, would you ever start an online community for young women like you? These are just some examples. I I have a few thoughts on all of this. I mean, like it is kind of interesting because in my little world, this is totally normal. What we talk about, what we want in life, like I am so into this and it's so normalized in my mind that when I meet someone that doesn't have any idea what we're talking about. It's kind of like, 
wait, I'm the weird one. You know what I mean? Like, oh, everybody else is still doing all that society stuff. And it's actually not the cool thing to like still want check-ins. I know that if we follow a lot of the accounts that do this traditional stuff and the homesteading stuff, it feels like, wow, everybody wants chickens lately. Wow. Everybody wants to homestead. Wow. Everybody's liking these long prairie dresses. When in reality, it's like, no, it's just our small little group. But it feels like there's so many people because of the momentum of who we're following online and stuff. So I get it where it's like, wow, this is actually quite unique. Most people look at us like we're cuckoo. So would there be a way for us to combine? And that's the thing is that's part of the reason I love social media. When there's so much negativity around it, I've got to say, like, I love the network of women that we have created. I follow, if you go look at my Instagram, I follow a ton of people, like thousands. And I realized, I didn't realize, I guess, how many I followed compared to other people. But I follow like, I don't know, maybe 5,000 accounts. And that's because if I see a young girl who like just got married or maybe she just announced her pregnancy and she follows me or she just she's just doing some new thing or even if she just says like her Instagram bio is like gardening and future homesteader, I'll follow it. Like I don't even care if she follows me back or whatever. I just want to be around women like that. You know what I mean? Like I want to see her progress. I want to see what she's doing. I want to learn from her. So that's how I ended up <laughs> following like 5,000 of them. Um, and I've pretty much and followed most of political accounts, guy accounts. Like, I don't, you know, it's like, why do I follow most of these things? I don't want to see all these political memes. I don't want to see all the news coverage. I don't want to see everybody's hot take from a political angle. I'm not interested in it. I'm interested in learning about home birth. You know what I mean? So I love the network that I have. And my timeline is literally just honestly people I don't even know, girls I don't even know <laughs> doing stuff that I want to be doing or that I love to just see and have visualized on my timeline. So that's what my timeline is when I'm scrolling. And that's why like I find so much positivity when I'm scrolling and it just kind of gives me some peace because it feels like I'm scrolling Pinterest almost, if that makes sense. And I'm following a lot of educational resource pages about things like motherhood, childhood development and education home birth, recipes, all that stuff. And so that's part of it too, is like I get social from social media, creativity and inspiration. Like I literally don't use it anymore for the ways that I used to use it. I go on Instagram and it's basically like Pinterest for me. Kind of like I was saying, I love Pinterest. I have, I have a loaded Pinterest, if you know what I mean. Pinterest is really cool for me. And it's all, you know, home birth, gardening, homestead, animal care, child development, raising, educating, homeschool, faith and Bible study. There's outdoors stuff. There's homemaking. There's recipes. There's dresses and sewing and all these skill stuff. That's what it is on Pinterest. And now Instagram is basically that for me too. So that's why I love social media. And then on top of that, I guess the third and really big reason for why I still have it or why I still have like my public account is because I do feel called to show young women a better way of life because I am very aware <laughs> that society tells women to behave in certain ways and it leads them down a negative path. And I am very passionate about showing them from a young age that there are, are better choices to make, better things to do. And I really believe you cannot be what you can't see. So if all you're seeing are the bad pop culture examples of what young women empowerment looks like and what our future should look like as boss babes, then yeah, you're going to follow that path because that's what you were kind of told to do. That's what all the experts, that's what mainstream media and pop culture and movies and Hollywood and everybody, all the influencers are telling you to do. So it's like, you know, it's not for nothing that I post 
my kind of content. And so that's really what keeps me from not deleting my stuff. You know what I mean? And I don't exactly know how to how to balance it, but I do believe like, you know what? I was given a ton of influence in my small way with a ton of young female followers. And I get it that other followers are not young females, but it's like if I could just have them, I would be so so happy. And so how do I focus more on that and grow that? Like that's the only kind of thing that really interests me right now. So if I could spread positivity and spread my testimony and work in my way for my own form of that ministry, I do feel called to get young women off the bad path that society puts them on from a very early early age. So those are kind of the things that I love about social media and the online community, stuff like that, because it's brought us all together. And I feel like it allows us to communicate to each other when the rest of the internet is pushing a very bad narrative about women and what we are good for in general. But on the other hand, I've got to admit, you guys, I have massive regrets about being so public. I get it. (laughs) I've I'm employed because I sell my flags online and I am employed because I was a political commentator quite often and and I don't really do that anymore but I I have my podcast still and I get it that I post but I I think as I get older I'm 26 now it's like I I'm, I'm having regrets about how I am now considered a a public figure in that way okay I really don't like the uncomfortable messages that I get I don't like feeling so exposed anymore and I guess The phrase that I use to describe it is like, the internet is not real and I want my life to be more localized. I feel like the exposure to so many people and so many humans, so many happenings, so many messages, it actually drives me when I'm more of an introvert actually to just shut down and not look at them at all, right? Because for me, I I read this saying, I think it was Matt Walsh. He said like, (laughs) introverts want meaningful conversation. They want real connection. And for example, if you're in an elevator, you don't want to have small talk with a person in an elevator because you know secretly that neither one of you wants to be talking to each other. It's not genuine, okay? You're just trying to make small talk and and get out of the elevator. You're never going to see them again. You're just trying to be nice. To an introvert, it's like, wow, I'm having having a non-genuine conversation with somebody right now and I really don't like it. I'd rather just not talk at all. For me, I feel like the years of doing this, it's such a weird space to be in because a lot of the connections, like, I don't actually know these people. Am I supposed to keep up with them? I don't actually, I I see them like once a year. And then it's like this weird connection where it's like, we aren't actually friends, you know what I mean? And so I think that's really getting to me. And so the word that I keep using is like, I want my life to be more localized. I want to have true friends that I see on a daily basis that I check in with on a daily basis. We don't just text each other or we don't just see each other at an event once a year or twice a year. Instead, we have a true growing community. And so that's really where I I want to be. Um, so I'm excited about that. And it's a weird thing where I guess for my DMs, it's like I, I've been thinking about just shutting down the DMs. I don't even know if Instagram offers that, but that's where my mind's at of like, I don't want to be so accessible to random strangers anymore. I really don't like it. But I also want women to be able to contact me because I get some wild messages from young ladies. And so being able to talk to you guys is really important to me. And then that's kind of what led me to making that website. I have just my name as my website, morganzeggers.com. 
where it's more women focused specifically. And I have a whole page for contact and full like mentorship, reach out submission box. And then once women can, uh, they submit their message, then I can just contact them personally and we can have that, that growing communication. But that's why I built that out is because I want more localized relationships and I want to have more meaningful conversations without being so focused with communication on social media, if that makes sense. So yeah, to recap number one and two, I love social media in the way that it's brought us all together as women because we are unique. We do want some pretty specific and unique things out of life, and it's nice to all be brought together. Number two is, but on the other hand, I have regrets about being so public and so you know getting away from that, but still keeping our connections and our presence together online is definitely definitely on my mind. But here's the other thing. Number three is that <laughs> I'm not trying to be a little boss babe or a political world lady or some big CEO businesswoman. You know what I mean? And so I just want my little lady network. You know what I mean? That's all I want moving forward. So I'm not trying to build out women conferences. You know what I mean? Like somebody asked me about that before too, or I'm not trying to build a business where we have a bunch of products that we use or we have a bunch of communication or I charge you to talk to. There's all these strange things that I've gotten asked about before. It's like, I have no interest in having any of this be like a business that has grown out. I just want real personal connection. That Does that make sense? So with that in mind, that this is not a business thing for me, I'm not trying to grow this into some monetizable thing or some some big operation. Like, I just know that whether it's online or in person or whatever that looks like for us, when we're connected, that's what makes me feel like I am having a positive difference. And I think of like in North Carolina, there's this girl named Tilly and she's a cowgirl barrel racer. She's adorable. And we text. She's like 11. And so I don't know if she listens to the show all the time, but Tilly, thank you. And I think about that kind of stuff. And that is what makes me so excited. So younger girls talking to me, girls my age, women that are older than us, like when we're all talking together and connected like this, I know that I personally, I hope you guys are too, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm feeling fulfilled, and I feel like I'm working purposefully. So I'm open to wherever that takes us, but the bottom line is that I want more localized personal relationships with women on the same path as me. So we're all learning and growing together. I don't want to make it some big business thing or money thing. I just want connection. So how we do that, I guess we're working on it, but um, I do at least want us to be connected in some way with contact information. So that's why I have morganzeggers.com. There's the contact section and the mentorship section so that we can at least have people's contact information. And we'll see where it goes. The other thing to, to it too, and the last thing to this question of like, what's next on social media? Do you want to build out some big community? Do you want to keep doing any of this? For me, it's yeah, as I get older and I get more into the I want to have a little family stage, I am more and more horrified <laughs> at what I see other people do with their families and the amount of publicity that can be brought to the family when I think it should be a lot more private. And so I really want privacy for me and my family. And that is top top priority. And I think it should be for a lot more people because the internet is a weird space. You know what I'm saying? You guys, thank you for the questions. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe. And if you have any more questions for the podcast, just send them uh, via DM and I'll try and add them. But other than that, I do a little submission thing for Q&A every week or so. So try and keep an eye out for that one. Thank you for listening. Bye.